Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Organizational Research and Development Podcast. I'm your host and founder of the company, Philip Beeg, and I wanna thank you for taking the time to press play and give us a listen today. Our last episode focused on self-awareness under the emotional intelligence model. And this was an episode that we spent quite a bit of time talking about the value of being self-aware, what it actually means to be self-aware, and how it can influence our professional work as well as our careers. Self-awareness is, you know, if you've ever heard that uh, saying by Sin Tzu, uh, who did the art of war, if you know yourself and you know your enemy, you can predict the outcome a thousand times over. I always like to say, if you know yourself and you know your emotions, then you're able to predict what the outcomes will be in your work and in your professional career more often than not. It helps to have that 360 around us, right? So we can be aware of what's going on, how our emotions are fluctuating, and the connection it has with our performance. Today, we're gonna be shifting gears. We're actually going to be moving into self-management. I mean, being self-aware is only a part of the model. And you could ask the question of, if you're not able to manage your emotions, what's the point in being aware of them? So in this episode today, we're going to talk a little bit about what self-management actually is, examples of it, and how it, it, what it looks like and how it also works within our professional careers, as well as the work that we do on a day-in and day-out basis. I think this one is, is probably out of all of the, the four areas of the emotional intelligence model, I always found self-management to be pretty straightforward. It's essentially just managing your emotions, managing your reactions, and managing your triggers. It's self-management. But that's a lot easier said than done. And oftentimes, especially when we're in our work environments, it can be tough to, to, to do this actively, consciously. And when we are in our work environments, our first priorities are our responsibilities. Perhaps we have meetings, uh, we have uh, sales that we need to prepare for, presentations, calls to make, things of that nature. We don't often take the time to always think about what we need to manage ourselves for. You've heard me say this a few times throughout some of the episodes that we've done, but if you really think about it, whether you're an employee, a manager, a director, or an executive leader, the, the demand to perform, you know, even average at your job over the course of 52 weeks, 365 days a year, mostly fri- uh, Monday through Friday, maybe some people work weekends as well too, that's a lot to ask. And we're not machines. We have moments where we need to recharge. We have uh, some weeks that are better than others and, and other, you know, points that, that may be a little more challenging to work through. The ability to self-manage, I always, I always found as, as, a, as a pretty much a, a straightforward value of this model is it helps us sustain our, our performance. It helps us sustain our mindset. When our emotions become triggered or active, it can, it can help us to just kind of keep them in place, to kind of keep them not necessarily guarded, but up with, with certain boundaries. And this may sound like I'm talking about it from a, from a pessimistic or from a, a negative point of view or context, but the reality is it can, it can happen from a positive angle as well too. Think about like a promotion that's coming down the pipeline that you know about, that you're aware of, and you've been working for for a long time in your career. Yet there are other people within the organization who are equally as deserving but weren't selected. 
you know, the reaction that you might have knowing that you're going to receive that promotion may be fulfilled with excitement, possibilities, you feel like you're moving up, right? There's that, there's that feeling of achievement. But our management skills tell us that, our, our self-management skills tell us that, you know, if we, if we overreact or we really display those uh, achievement kind of emotions that we're feeling at the time, it may have like some, some negative rippling effects for some of the other people who are really working towards that promotion. So, it, you know, self-management also works from a variety of different other angles. I I think also, you know, in the work that I've done in this field, I think the other area where self-management has really served admirably as a a skill to develop is in conflict resolution. Um, Conflict is is another topic that we'll get into at a later point and with more depth, but oftentimes what you observe in conflict is um, people ha- demonstrating defensive behaviors. They demonstrate uh, perhaps a wanting to win rather than wanting to resolve kind of communication style. And when two people specifically are trying to work out a conflict, um, emotions can be vulnerable and they can also be easily triggered at the same time. So it's important to be able to practice self-management know when it's being tested and and be able to kind of like a, a a catcher for a pitcher being able to catch and hold and manage the emotions that we may be feeling in the moment so emotional self-control is a huge is is really i think an underlining uh strong value that that we often don't talk about too much I mean, everyone has, there's, there's the organization, right, that has their goals, their year plan, their three-year, their five-year plan. But within that organization, you have X number of people who also have their own professional goals that they're working towards. And they all might be a little different or they all might be a little same. And there's a lot of emotion that goes into those goals, that, that career path that we follow, that we are on the journey of. And so whether we find it, whether we you know, capture successes along the way, or we experience difficulty and challenges, self-management acts as this, this kind of net that says, okay, our emotions are triggered, they're activated, whether it's positive or negative. Uh, here's, here's how we really should be acting in the moment. Here's kind of the, the transparency or the clear-minded approach that we need to take at this time. Imagine being someone that's a either a project manager or an account manager and you're working on a large scale client project and you have to handle both the internal team that you're working with to deliver for the client and you also have to deal with the client's expectations, maybe some of their pushbacks, maybe uh, some of the demands that they have. There can be a lot of emotions that are tested there. You may feel some stress, you may feel pressure you may feel kind of like you're closed into a box with this client and those emotions can you know if they're not properly vented or they're not properly filtered or handled they can really start causing us to feel symptoms of burnout they can start to really affect our mindset so that we feel more run down by the end of the day rather than uplifted self-management again is another key concept here and and really a technique that we can apply where we can understand what the emotions are that we're feeling in the moment and be able to handle and and also recognize where they're coming from and how they're affecting us and be able to give us some self-maintenance right give us some self-management in the literal sense i i knew some leaders um in other companies that i worked at where 
you know, when things got a little intense, whether it was with a client project or company goals, things of that nature, they would just need to take a five minute walk. They would just need to to literally change environment to get up out of their seat so that they're moving around and, and it would allow them the opportunity to kind of clear their heads a bit, to kind of allow their thoughts and their emotions to organize, they can categorize them, they can address them internally, and they come back and they felt a little more prepared to take on whatever challenge it was that was previously facing them. For people that are are working those nine to fives, especially in in corporations, I, I can only imagine how valuable a technique and skill like this is. I mean, again, I mentioned it about five minutes ago, but the expectation to perform in your role 52 weeks out of the year, 365 days, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot for anyone. And our emotions can certainly be tested. They can be run down. They can be built up. They can be deflated. And that's not even accounting for some of the other variables that we may experience throughout the year. A company may go through a restructure. There may be layoffs. There may be expansions, right? There may be new locations that open up. New leadership comes in. New divisions are being uh, added to the organization. New projects are being taken on. When we recognize that the variable of change is a constant in the workplace, it helps us kind of better put it out in front of us so that we can understand how change will ultimately affect our emotions, which will thus affect our mindset and our performance. When that happens, when that connection becomes realized and it becomes um, exercised, is how I would define it, because you have to strengthen it a little bit, you have to practice it, you have to commit to it. Um, When that formula is exercised, we begin to improve our self-management skills. We begin to improve our self-management style. And what that looks like is, rather than kind of taking on the weight of the world in the workplace, we're able to see what's coming at us and we're able to predict what's coming at us. We're able to understand and kind of like target to a degree how it's going to affect us. And when we when we have that information in front of us and we, we recognize and identify it, we can react positively to it and be proactive rather than reactive, right? So going back to the example of managers and staff that I used to work with that would go for walks or just take you know five ten minute break to just kind of get up out of the chair shake it out a little bit maybe they needed to you know have a uh, have a discussion about what's going on you know uh, for the weekends they just kind of needed a quick little break right they needed a little bit of a change in scenery that's that's that self-management right that's that self-management in action Now, I'm not saying that this is the only solution, right? Like when things get hot and heavy or when things get really pressuring, get up and walk away or, or, you know, go and remove yourself. There's other ways that we can practice self-management as well. Some of them also can be when we're in a discussion, whether it's with another person or a a number of parties, we can ask a lot of open-ended questions that target clarity, that target alleviating confusion. How often is it that you're, you're in a conversation with a client or a fellow colleague or someone above you and things are said between each other and it, 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 you're not quite sure what it exactly means, but it doesn't feel right, right? Like, like you're, you're hearing feedback perhaps from your superior or you're hearing demands from a client that seems somewhat unrealistic and it just doesn't feel right. 
So we ask a, so what you can do, right, is is you can ask a you can ask an open-ended question that targets clarity, right? That that seeks to um, draw both parties closer to what the the shared meaning of the conversation is. Even just this simple technique of asking open-ended questions as a clarification tool, as a, um, you know, hey, can you help me understand a little bit more? Or would you mind elaborating a little bit further on that? I mean, I use those questions a lot even in my coaching sessions because my clients are coming from their own personal experiences and they're bringing those experiences into the sessions and they are looking for guidance, they're looking for coaching around whatever subject it is. And, and it's it's not safe and, and really it's not right to presume or to assume that you know exactly what they're going through. So, you know, you ask a couple of questions to help alleviate whatever confusion or uh, clarity needs to happen there. And again, that's a great form and it's a very simple uh, technique that we can weave into our professional careers and in our moments of asking open-ended questions that target clarity and, and alleviate confusion. I can't tell you how many times I've worked in organizations and with leaders and with teams where you see all of this built up emotion, like the tallest wall you've ever seen. And a lot of those stones that are used to build up that metaphorical wall are in place because they were confused and, and didn't, didn't know how to clarify. And so it kind of felt like, okay, well, I don't understand what this means, but I'm just going to kind of take it and run with it anyway, right? It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like a, a waiter or a waitress that's taking down an order and they, they, they kind of miss a few things. And rather than asking for a repeat, they just kind of make it up and assume they, they know what they got right. And then the order comes out incorrect. So going, going back to that, right? I mean, those emotions trigger, right? When we, when we don't have uh, clarity, when we're confused, um, when we feel like we don't understand, those build up emotional triggers. And that's what also leads into feeling stress, what leads into feeling pressure. This is just one aspect too, right? There's, there's a multitude of other scenarios and contexts that this could be applied to, but I'm just kind of focusing on here as an example. So when those happen, one of the ways that we can practice self-management is again, going back to the drawing board and, and really kind of having that conscious thought of saying, okay, let me ask a couple questions here just for clarity purposes, just so that I understand that we're all on the same page here. Because if not, then, you know, things are going to get out of hand or, you know, we're going to make mistakes and, and obviously we want to avoid that. So a couple of things to think about as of right now as we kind of reach the 15-minute mark here is with self-management, it's understanding that our it's really just a, another term for emotional self-control. It's understanding that when our emotions are, are affected, whether it's positive or negative, we have techniques to, to deal with them professionally and, and in the right context. And that could be as simple as literally changing your environment, um, having uh, being surrounded by others where you can go, who you can go to and, and either bounce ideas off of or just kind of ventilate a little bit. The other one too is, is being able to ask clarifying questions, question, questions that alleviate confusion. These are all really great ways to help manage our emotions when they get triggered. And for every person, you know, if you think about it here from a 30,000 foot view, whether you work in an organization that has 35 people, 50, 500, or 5,000, 
Imagine and just know that everyone has different emotional triggers. Everyone has different variables that will affect their mindset that will ultimately affect their performance. You're not the only person. And, and being able to have the techniques and practice them in the moment and be aware of practice, being aware of the importance of practicing them can help you make, can help you avoid making mistakes. It can also help with keeping your mindset more proactive and productive rather than eroded and run down. And there's without a doubt a connection between our mindset and our ability to perform at our job. Whether we're an executive leader, a manager, or an employee, it's important to make sure that we're, we're taking care of that. Now, you heard me say this in the last episode, and this is the last part that I'll, I'll just kind of sum up here, is that th- as, a, as a professional experience and just from observation, I believe that our emotions are all indivi- individualized. Like our happiness, we can, all, um, we can all collaborate, we can all understand what it means to be happy, but what that actually feels like on the inside and how it affects us might be a little different for everyone. So knowing that that may be the case, it's important to explore further and, and do some self-discovery and do some self-awareness and, and self-management around how to control our emotions because ultimately we need to be able to figure ourselves out before others can be able to you know, even attempt to figure us out and how to work with us and how to better collaborate or communicate with us. So the bottom line here is there are, three, there are really three keys to take away. One is, in terms of self-management, when you feel like your emotions are, are, are being activated or there's some kind of variable that's affecting your emotional state, it could be a conflict, it could be, uh, you know, uh, um, someone's left the company and now other people are going to have to pick up more work or more hours, it could be a promotion, it could be a, a change in departments, whatever the case is there. Know that you need to be able to look for techniques that work for you to be able to manage those emotions and and improve that self-control, whether it's going for a walk or asking clarifying questions or, you know, which also work to to disrupt assumptions being made. Um, Look for techniques that work for you. You know, I know people that also do journaling, which really helps them to just kind of get all of their thoughts out and, and all of their emotions and on paper and they, they feel much more comfortable being able to have all like a place to put them all in. The second, the other aspect too is understanding again how self-management works to keep our mindset and our performance up. Right? When we're able to manage our emotions, they don't, they don't overrun us. If you ever hear of the term uh, amygdala hijack, you know they prevent things like that from happening where our emotions just kind of overtake our brain and, and we kind of go into a flip out mode. Self-management works to control that. It works to reduce that. So as, as we kind of wind down here a little bit, and you know, the last thing too that I'll mention again is just you know, our emotions are all individualized. So what triggers you or what affects you may not affect me. And it takes a little bit for us to understand that between each other and get on that wavelength. So with all of that information there, I hope you found something here within the emotional intelligence model that you can take away to better your professional career or job. Remember, this is something that we work in a lot here at Organizational R&D. We coach people around emotional intelligence, not just helping them understand what it is, but how they can use certain techniques that can be applied in their professional careers so that they can sustain performance, sustain a really healthy mindset, and and stay in that endurance of that year-long work, right? Because at the end of the day, I think our emotions and and our well-being are just as important as the responsibilities we're asked to do. And in a way, they're kind of 
related to each other. They're kind of relying on each other. So that's it for our episode today. Next up will be the social awareness uh, section of the emotional intelligence. After this segment's all done, we are going to be doing some really interesting interviews and discussions around what makes a great workplace, so stay tuned for that. And if you have questions or you have comments or you're interested in learning more about self-management or even self-awareness, how it can help you, what you can do, how you can apply it within your professional career and, and just overall environment, feel free to reach out to us. We work with companies and leaders like this every day. Um, you can go visit our site at organizationalrnd.com. You can also follow us on LinkedIn at Organizational Research and Development, LLC. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope you pulled some great nuggets of information out of it or have some things to think about. And as always, take care and make it a great day.